I guess I'll start with what I think is one of the greatest songs of all time, God City. And I will fight people, even you guys. I think it is one of the most perfectly constructed songs and performed songs of all time. Welcome to episode 11 of the R3 podcast. All right, then. Welcome to episode number 11. This episode is actually a true redux in the sense that way back when, this would have been probably about 1993, one of the first interviews I ever did when I began my career interviewing people was with these two folks, Johnny Temple and Alexis Alexis Fleissig. Then I was interviewing them as part of a band called uh, Girls Against Boys. In this episode, I'm interviewing them as part of another band, Soulside. Though um, Girls Against Boys certainly comes up because the two bands are very, they're very much intertwined. Uh, it's mostly the same band. It's just a different singer, although musically they do sound very different. They were the second interview that I had ever done. First one was with a guy named John Reese from um, a band, uh, then a band called Drive Like Jehu, and then also Rocket from the Crypt, which was pretty terrible. I mean, I got about five minutes warning. I didn't know much of anything about who he was or any of the men who was in. So it's kind of a tough situation. So you would think that when I interviewed Johnny Temple and Alexis Fleisig, who are from a band that I was very, very familiar with, it would go much better. It only went moderately better, and that's just mostly because they were very gracious. Anyway, many, many years later, some things have changed, and some things have changed the same for both me and for these two individuals. And we'll get into that in this particular episode. I'm really excited about this particular episode. I honestly and sincerely believe that Soulside were and are one of the most important post-punk bands to have ever existed. Not just musically, they were a great influence on me, but also personally, the way I think about music, the way I think about certain things in life, how I approach life. No bullshit. These guys are pretty fucking rad. Anyway... I think they're definitely a band worth checking out and they are putting out new material, new material that I think is actually pretty good. It is different than what they did 30 years ago, as you would expect, but it still sounds fundamentally like Soulside, their unique approach to playing music, which is each member is kind of doing their own thing to create, to create a sum that is much bigger than um, just the parts themselves added together. It's, I've always found their music very interesting in in that, that particular sense. Anyway, I feel like this interview went better than the first time I talked to them. If you're interested in finding out a lot more about these guys, I would definitely recommend checking out a podcast called End on End. They, it's a podcast that looks at every single re- release on the Discord label. And obviously, uh, Soulside is a part of that. Those guys are much, much better at sort of digging into history. Whereas, you know me, I'm kind of looking more for something deep and philosophical, whether it's there or not. And and that's kind of my MO. So anyway, um, shout out to NN. And they do good, good work for what they do. And hopefully you think I do good work for what I do. Anyway, enough of me babbling. Let's get to Soulside. Part one, a brief history. Soulside formed in Washington, D.C. in 1985 by a group of young friends. 
Despite splitting up in 1989, they reformed in 2014 and have continued playing and writing music since then. After releasing two albums Less Deep Inside Keeps and Trigger as well as the bass 1037 Inch, they recorded and released one of the best albums in post-punk history, 1989's Hot Bodygram. Speaking to the group's friendship, the record was recorded. After, they had agreed to part ways and had completed a historic European tour including groundbreaking shows in Poland and East Berlin shortly before the Berlin Wall fell. Uh, I would say that Hot Bodygram in particular was very transformative for me. At that time I was 18 years old and learning how to play bass and guitar and just starting to play in bands and stuff like that. And it, it changed everything. Even though I'd never really played drums, I even feel like Alexis, your drum playing impacted how I heard, I heard every single drummer I ever played with. Right on. For me, that record, what I really like about that record is it really encapsulates so much of exactly how we were feeling or I was feeling on that tour. It was, it was a, you know, it was a big transitional period and there was so much going on and, you know, we were getting older, we were, we were uh, exhausted with, with touring, but we were also like the political scene was so crazy. It was the first time going to East Berlin and going to Poland and really seeing, you know, the way that um, the world was outside of our of our U.S. bubble, and and really experiencing some, you know, political hardship and like a lot of people's lives who are much um, different than ours. I would say it's got to be different than being you know young and angry and having very strong feelings about certain politics, and then actually seeing it firsthand like that. Yeah. How did that even come about? Because it's my understanding that you guys were the only American band that actually went to East Berlin. I don't know if there's other sort of like European bands or anything like that that made it there, but how did that even come about? We were lucky sort of through the Discord connection to um, have our tour, our central European tour organizer was this Dutch woman named Hetty Schwartz from the Dutch punk rock label Conkurl or De Conk. And... Um, she was sort of the mastermind of our tour. She didn't book all the dates, but she would like hook us up with like the punk rock guy in Germany who would book the German dates. And it was this really amazing network. And and weirdly, we still work with like a number of these people that we worked with in 1989. Some of our shows, like we're, Alexis and I are going with Girls Against Boys in like two weeks or three weeks to play in London and Dublin. And the booking agent is... The UK booking agent is the same guy who booked Soul, Soulside in 89. But it was this network that Hetty sort of tapped us into. And we did this three-month tour. It was incredible. The venues we played, so many squats, but, you know, unbelievable places. Our minds were just completely, you know, split open and boggled. And, and, it, and it was hard, too. It was hard travel. But the East, East Berlin show is incredible. Yeah, I think we might have been the first American punk rock band to, to play in East Berlin behind the Iron Curtain. And of course, the wall came down just like six months after we played there. But it was, you know, I don't think any of us will ever forget those experiences, um, as well as our experiences in Poland. But, but even our shows in Italy and Germany and everywhere were pretty mind-blowing. How does, is, is that something that, that, 
you've thought back on with any sort of regularity and shape kind of how you view music and, you know, because you guys have kind of made it a profession of music, but also, you know, like Johnny, you have a book comp- a book publishing company. I know, I know, Alexis, you do a lot of sort of visual arts stuff. So, like, how do you feel like some of those early experiences may have shaped your sort of view of life and um, kind of just the way you see things and what's really important? I think I think it's uh, it's totally shaped the way I think about almost everything. I mean, I, I the thing that I I'm, I keep I keep uh, finding kind of mind blowing is that we did this whole thing. I think we were all very tired and and sort of we're sort of like all right, you know, we like as a band we had always had these goals, sort of you know like oh we're gonna we're gonna write some songs, we're gonna play DC Space, we're gonna play Nine Thirty Club, we're gonna record a seven inch, we're going to record a record, we're going to go on tour. And so going on tour in Europe was sort of like, I mean, what else, what else are you going to do after that? We've done, we've done it all the things that, you know, we could imagine doing at that point. And I think we were also just kind of burned out and everything. So for me now, when I think back on it, it just seems really, I I just can't even really believe that it happened because um, it, you know, we were there in uh, what February through May or something of 1989, and the wall came down in November or October, November of that year. But also, it was a it was a really uh, trying time and also a really fun time. It was filled with all sorts of different emotions. So, also like in terms of how we made music and stuff, I think it was super foundational. Those those that the soul side stuff that we were doing, we felt really good about it, even though, you know, we broke up and stuff, but I think hot body gram and trigger are records that we're really, really proud of. And there's so much about the way we make music now that is informed by that. There's, there's certain levels on which the way we make music is exactly the same. There's other levels where it's, you know, very different, but, but on a, there's a pretty kind of core basic level on which the way we make music is very similar to what we were doing in 1989. But I think it's because of the the success, quote unquote, that we had, not necessarily commercial success, but musical success, making something that both that we felt good about, but that we can still be talking about, you know, 33 years later. Part two, a time apart. Over the next few decades, the members became key members of such varied bands as Girls Against Boys, Rain Like the Sound of Trains, and Paramount Styles, all remained friends despite the breakup of Soulside and collaborated in various projects outside of music. For instance, Bassist Johnny Temple founded a publishing company Akashic Books for which singer Bobby Sullivan wrote Revolutionary Threads, and drummer Alexis Fleissig has provided photography and graphic art for a number of releases. We're all, we're all lifers. <laughs> um, and like to me, the, the impulse to publish books is, is very, very similar to the impulse to play music. It feels totally consistent to me. And, and I also, in, in my book publishing life, I get to do, collaborate so much with so many people I know from the music world, like Alexis, who does like design work, some design work for 
my company, Akashic Books, as does our, our very good friend, So Rob Habibian, an old DC musician who who's currently plays in a great band called Savak, and getting to like do books with other musicians. We're, we're working on some books with Chuck D from Public Enemy. We published books with Ziggy Marley. We're, we're working on a book with the band, The Hold Steady. And so it's, um, to me, it feels, it, it feels very consistent. And I'm really happy that I have so much art in my life, music and books. What more could anyone ever want? And, um, and I love the fact that Alexis and Scott and Bobby and Eli are all, everyone's kind of, on a, in a, on a certain level, doing the same thing we were back then. Sure, the forum has changed. Books aren't exactly the same as music, but it's kind of all under the same umbrella, which is, I, I heard a great interview that uh, Henry Rollins did with a friend of mine named Paul Holdengraber, um, who does this interview series. And and Henry Rollins was talking about, you know, imagine imagine what would the, the world would like would look like if you took art out of it and it reminded me back from discussions we used to have either in soul side or girls against boys or probably both about the value of what we were doing touring around the country making rock music i always felt a little conflicted about it it felt like just this privilege like we were born into this for fortunate like socioeconomic bracket that allowed us enough comfort we none of us were rich but we were comfortable enough and to make the decision to like spend a lot of time making music which to me i was like i don't know if this is necessarily good for the world around us i know that we're lucky as hell to be able to do it but in the pandemic it things really crystallized for me and hearing henry rollins say that and that was during the pandemic that i heard this interview that he did and you and you just imagine it like you t you, you take the art out of society and you're left with something really awful, like really, really like horrifying, truly horrifying. And that makes me feel better and prouder about what I, not just what I do, but who I do it with, Alexis, Scott, Bobby, Eli, um, and other projects that we do, musical and otherwise. Um, we're, we're lucky as hell, but I, but I also feel pretty, pretty good about it, like um, about, interacting with the world in that way and you know making making the world a little more bearable through literature music however and we saw that on our uh, on these uh tour we just did a tour that started with five soul side shows in new england with verbal assault and then a two weeks of girls against boys touring on both coasts in chicago and it was really kind of amazing to see how meaningful the music we were making was for not a, not a huge number of people, but but a, a small core of people, and that feels pretty fucking great. Well, just to add a sort of another air, another layer of reality to it. It's like, for instance, I have terminal brain cancer. Actually, just before this came from a doctor's appointment where I got the results of my latest MRI, which was stable, which is great for me. It's like no advancement of what I have. But That's good to when, hear. when you add in the fact that last September 9th, I crossed a milestone of where like 19% of people what I have remain living. And you know, it's just weird to hear things from like a very educated uh, neuro-oncologist say things like, 
I don't know why you're still alive. I'm glad you're alive. For me, like, I have spent a fair amount of time thinking about this. I do think a lot of it is sort of this creativity that you're talking about. Like, this is the value. This is part of what gives me a reason to keep living, I guess, is that, like, whether it's relearning to work around some physical limitations in my left arm and hand, finding uh, not to dwell in past memories, but using those past memories as as motivation. For instance, like that day that I first heard Hot Bodygram and being like, you know, maybe I could kind of play like Johnny Temple. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's it, like, to me, it's like, he's not playing super flowery, but there's something really interesting about that. And focusing more on, instead of the technical side, focusing on the interesting side. And the same thing with your drumming, Alexis. It's not like you're the fanciest drummer ever, but I think- Wait, what? You pl- I do think what you play is incredibly interesting. It's like the choices you make to play the things you play when you play them. Maybe you weren't the first one to to do those, but the first one to do those things in that way. I guess kind of a little bit of if there's any sort of recurring theme in this podcast, it's the idea of sort of not trying to be like maybe some of the people I interviewed like you guys or Craig Redwin or Bill Stevenson or whoever, because... You're not going to be like them. You're going to be what is the way you can sort of um, reach out in your life and still find that enjoyment, tap into that creativity. One of the things that the DC punk rock scene taught me was that you don't have to be virtuoso. You just have to have a, a the will to do it. And I think the second thing that the pandemic taught me and, and the passing away of my mother and everything is that life is short and you have you are the only one that could do what you what you think should be done. And you create it and you're the only one that's going to create it. So if you don't create it, it won't be out there. And uh, and if you do create it, you could make the world a better place or you could just make the world the same. It's fine. I, I think I think a lot about people who who aren't with us anymore, like if it's Byron or Keats or Hemingway or, you know, anybody like those people, their lives, they're not here anymore, but they did create this stuff that only they could create. And it's, and it stayed with us, you know, and that is, that's a remarkable thing that I think humans can do. And that is the, is really the best thing that humans have to offer. And otherwise you wonder what the point, what the point of being here is. It's really hard to put into words. There's definitely something to say, something to express. And that's what, why it's sometimes good to make music is because you can express things without words. And I do think actually the music that we make, you know, a significant part of that is an expression of the relation, you know, the, the relationship between ourselves. I feel like our relationships with each other continue to grow, um, which is kind of amazing to me. It's sometimes it's most noticeable with Bobby because there was a 25 year soul side gap but it's, 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 you know, it's interesting. It's like the, me, Scott and Alexis are in both those bands, but you take one person away and you add in someone else. And a, like from our, pers- from our experience, like those two, these two bands are actually quite different from each other. Scott and Bobby have very, very different vocal styles and the tone and the mood are very different. But it's really interesting to see our relationships with each other evolve. Our relationships are very familial, you know, in that kind of, love hate way that you have with families in terms of we drive each other crazy but we also love each other 
Part 3, The Rebirth of the Cool. The reunion of Soulside is obviously anything but a cash grab. While there certainly are many fans interested in a return, it is not something that is likely to have them living a wild rock and roll life of excess if such a thing didn't fly in the face of many of their stated principles. Additionally, they are not relying solely on their past catalog and have created new work. In 2020, Soulside put out a new 7-inch, this ship, their first release in 30 years. And in late 2022, a new Soulside album, Brief Moment in the Sun, will be unleashed upon the world. It should be noted that no members of the band currently live in cities anywhere near each other. Guitarist Scott McCloud does not even live in the United States. Their continued existence speaks as much to their friendships as much as their unique approach to music. We, uh, uh, so Scott Crawford and uh, Jim Saad did this movie, Solid Days. Uh, so they had, a, they had a big premiere in D.C., and uh, I think that was when we, and there was a Black Cat uh, anniversary show. So we, um, you know, we got together to play that. We thought it would be fun. And we're all still friends and everything. Um, but then we had uh, the opportunity to go to Poland, uh, to go to Europe. And this was, you know, to see, to to go back to Poland after however many years, it's been 30 years or something. Yeah, it was 30 was really, years after. was really exciting. Uh, and to see a lot of these old friends and really, you know, to really, I mean, it's just kind of wild to go back and play those places. But I think Johnny and I were like, we we need to, I'm going to take credit for it, Johnny. You you and I should take credit for it. Yeah. <laughs> we were like, we're going to be over there. We have no idea if this is ever going to happen again. Um, let's try to record a couple of songs in Prague because we have, we have some friends in Prague. We have a really cool studio and everything. And it would be fun, fun to do. Let's try it. And uh, let's just just make it happen and give ourselves this deadline, which is like we have to do it before, you know, this this tour. Otherwise, it's probably never going to happen because we, you know, we all live in different places and everything. So that was sort of the impetus to to try it out. So that's when and we there, recorded that seven inch. And there was a time when Alexis was in New York for a few days and Alexis and I got together in a in a you know, rehearsal space in New York, just to try to work on that idea. And we came up with that, that day, we definitely came up with what became the song, This Ship, which was on the Discord, Soulside Discord 7-inch that came out in 2020. And that was, it was great. We all felt really, really good about it. And so then it was, then when the pandemic hit, and we had already been sort of stumbling through trying to make music from while living in different locations, it was rooted in this sort of studio session that Alexis and I had, or rehearsal space session that we had, that must have been in early 2019 or or, or mid 2019 that led to that seven inch. We just started sort of continuing that songwriting process that that we had started, and under the you know with the lockdown, and we're all kind of coping with it psychologically i think a lot of musicians had a similar experience a lot of artists some artists could not make art during the pandemic others could you know people had very different reactions but for soulside we kind of fell into a remote songwriting groove that 
that then ended up producing a full length record. But I can't wait for people to hear the whole record. People that liked the band and liked Hot Body Graham, we're pretty proud of what we've what we've just done in this record that's about to come out. And we feel it's not a look back at what we did, but it is completely consistent with what we did 30 years ago. Well, I will say just as I mean, I've listened to the seven inch and I think there's three songs on Bandcamp. It feels very much like it's the same band, but it's got touches and hints of like other things that you guys have done i'm also i was also a pretty huge girls against boys fan for many many years um but i hear elements of girls against boys i hear elements of paramount styles i even hear elements of rain like the sound of trains uh-huh. and bobby's vocals a little bit and um John, johnny you had mentioned the pandemic and just sort of how i think that got a lot of people to sort of refocus and reprioritize things in your life in your lives just knowing that there is this relationship that you've had, like say with Bobby and Scott, basically since teenagers and in some cases younger than that, um, you know, I guess is there sort of like a, a sort of a recognition of what's really important and kind of what you're going at? I don't, I don't, I don't not know what the answer is, but I feel like there's something interesting that you guys might say related to, to what brought you guys back together beyond like it was convenient. It's really hard to put into words. There's definitely something to say, something to express. And that's what, why it's sometimes good to make music is because you can express things without words. And I do think actually, I think the music that we make, you know, a significant part of that is an expression of the relation, you know, the, the relationship between ourselves. We're just really lucky to still be friends and still be able to do this and have people show up and be interested in our music. Uh, you guys also just the idea that you guys are still sort of going at it, even though it maybe doesn't make the most sense, just feels like it's the right thing to do, um, is very sort of motivating and inspiring to me. And like all the sort of dumb creative things that I do, like, why do I have a podcast? Like, do I really need to spend my time doing that? But yeah, but you're I the only like... one that makes this podcast. So that's what makes it cool, right? <laughs> So. Yeah, well, and I'm also super cool, but that's a lot of charge. But, but anyway, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening. New episodes of the R3 podcast most Sundays. See the episode description for notes and where to find more online. <laughs>